You know, the virgin Bon Appetit to the Chad America's Test Kitchen. I would agree with that. You know, yeah, I think it's about time. We need to knock down Bon Appetit a few notches from their pedestal as the primo cooking content on the web. I, I understand the appeal of Bon Appetit. And for a while, we were, we, you know, we were fucking ladybugs in their web as well. We still, to a degree, are. It's just, I think Bon Appetit blew up. The YouTube Bon Appetit channel. First of all, virgins. Mega virgins. Condé Nast uh, media channel. Bad food restaurants. Yeah, corporate shells. Sellouts. Exactly. Uh, hold on a second on that. But, um, yeah, we're, they're huge shills. Uh, you have to shop at Whole Foods to make their recipes. They don't allow you to shop anywhere else for any of their recipes. They work in the, the New World Trade Center. Yeah, so they could die in the new 9-11 anytime. Like some of the most expensive real estate in probably the country. I don't know, but I assume. Yeah, some... America's Test Kitchen works at some weird house-looking building in the greatest city in America, Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah, Chad. Chad, Chad. To, Chad to not be in fucking New York to do your media thing. Yeah. Other Chad thing, they're PBS. So it's funded... First of all, PBS, the Chad channel, because all their advertisements are just raising money for PBS. So they're the better network than all the ones that have to have to sell ad space mm-hmm. for stupid fucking commercials we all hate. You're never going to see America's Test Test Kitchen be like, "Hey guys, you want to try Audible?" No, yeah, also, you're not going to get also, that. Also, all their recipes, they exclusively want you to shop at any grocery store. They're like, "Okay, even when we're doing something that's a little bit out there where you need to buy like some kind of specific spice like gojigan or whatever, guess what?" You could get this in the international aisle of your grocery store. Does that mean Shoprite? Does that mean what, what like a Hanneman's or whatever? Probably. You could go there. You don't have to go to fucking Whole Foods to like find all the ingredients. You don't have to buy a specific like ten dollar jar of kimchi or whatever the fuck you're supposed to do at Whole Foods. You can substitute anything you want. And also, it's it's humble. Everyone on America's Test Kitchen, Julia and Bridget, very humble. Uh, Dan, uh, big nerd. You have uh, this big this tooth guy, grin, I, this gap tooth Madonna motherfucker. Who, I think his name's Andy. I uh, think so. Adam, no, Adam. That's Adam. Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Adam. you have uh, Jack Spencer or something, who is the guy who does the taste testing, and he's also like a renowned French chef. Yeah. And he decides, hey, I want to let people try uh, yogurts that are between 3 to $5 or whatever. It's awesome. And He's, they make food recommendations. It's really nice. And everyone's very friendly. Uh-huh. Um, and they don't all they do not do shit like this. So here's what I wanted to show you. Um, yeah. Okay. So Bon Appetit people, they're getting a little too big for their britches. Uh, I want to share with you. Uh, I'm going to share it on... I'm gonna try and make this as loud as possible. Oh yeah, if if you um if you just like if you link if you link that to me, I can put it on the Twitter. Okay. So I'm gonna okay. So here we go. Um, I'm gonna show a video that my brother sent me of Delaney, uh, possibly the worst one on all Bon Appetit because he's the only one who's not an actual chef or a cook. First of all, if you call yourself a chef, you're an asshole. Okay, let's do this. Get him. Too 
<laughs> okay, it's it's a video of him taking one sip of various beverages, saying ah, and then taking a different beverage. Starts out with a coffee, and then he goes to some kind of like, like can a of beer. Like I a thought that I think that was like a beer. I thought it was a monster. Or something. Now he's going to uh, now he's going to a glass of cola with ice in it, and now he's going to what, what appears, appears to be sangria. Sangria. Yeah. And then. Going to a bottle of Diet Coke. Yeah. I mean, you, this is clearly meant as a joke. And then to a glass of wine. It's, I don't know if this is a joke or if this guy's just being like a prick, though. I mean, he's got on the glasses. He's got on the sunglasses. I, I think he's trying to make a joke video. Like, this isn't as egregious as you made it sound initially. No, it's incredibly egregious because he thinks it's the funniest shit. You were, th- you were he laughing? Thinks that it, he thinks that it's Chad. You were laughing? Yeah, it's very funny to me, but he thinks it was Chad, when in reality it was Virgin. Well, see, people, the reason people like Bon Appetit is because it has characters, and because everyone on it is, like, kind of quirky, and you can kind of pretend it's like a young adult novel or an anime or something. Yeah, we're all manufacturing consent for, like, online friendships and parasocial friendships yeah. with people who uh, would not want to talk to you because you make, yeah. that, because you make less money than them. Yeah, also, we'll see how uh, the audio for that turned out. Who cares? I care a little. Let's start the show. Yeah, let's start the show. That's not the song. We just talked about Bon Appetit for six minutes, so that's a little long to be a cold open. It's the cold open. I might just put the song in at the beginning anyway. No, it's a cold open. Whatever. All right. This is probably gets cut out. No, this is not getting cut out. I'm. I am the editor. I'm the decider. God, fuck you. Learn. Ruined it. I did not ruin it. Learn editing, bitch. Anyway, um, let's start the show. We are still watching America's Test Kitchen. For the record, it's on the television, and it's great. Welcome to the show. After the cold open, that was definitely put in. Yeah. Hell yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I haven't decided yet, but. Well, this is you're making it harder for yourself by breaking the the fourth wall. I'm not breaking the fourth wall. And also there's like is there a fourth unless you're doing sort of like a like a fictional based thing, there's not really a fourth wall on on podcast. All interaction is fictional. That's an argument to be made. I did just watch all of community, so, you know, that's pretty meta. Art is a lie, nothing is real. Mhm. So, so, do you have any pressing topics? Um, I don't know. What's up with you? <laughs> what's going? What's going on? What's what's the, well, what's, um, the what's the what's the word? I've been mostly just trying to occupy my time and not go completely bonkers. Uh, I made a tabletop role playing game based on the life of my uncle, who is a carpenter. And at some point, I kind of would like to play that, perhaps on the show. But we don't own dice. We have had multiple opportunity to purchase die. In the meantime, and we and neither of us have. No, it's just one of those. It's one of those objects that you never think about until you want to play a game. I literally was in a Target not too long ago. I could have bought die. So was I. Target trip. So was I. But I completely forgot to do it. Yeah. So did I. So you know, I'm sure at some point we'll remember. But yeah, dice just at the moment is not the biggest priority. Oh, one fun thing. Yeah. 
I got to buy tequila on the internet. That was fun. Yeah, so the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is allowing... Uh, so if you don't know, uh, if you're not in the know, Pennsylvania is a state that has state-run liquor, so beer and wine can be purchased in grocery stores or whatever. Oh, that was gross. I just burped. Yeah, grocery stores, and you can get beer at little, you know, independent beer stores. And then if you get, like, big packs of beer, you get it at a beer distributor. But anyway... Yeah. Those are all privately run. But the alcohol, like liquor, you have to get at a state-run store. Yes. And um, it was considered not essential enough to keep those open because, mm. I guess, you could buy beer for your alcoholism. Uh, but, you buy Listerine. Yeah. yeah, you could do Listerine. You could, uh, the Crest doesn't – well, the mouthwash we have is non-alcoholic, but – you know, that's fine with me. Yep. Anywho, uh, about a few weeks ago, they started opening... Well, the whole time, you've been able to do online orders, which is you, you get it online and they ship it to your house. We only recently did it because we stocked up before they shut down the stores. Yeah. Um, but, like, you can do it online, but it's you, but it's limited to, like, a certain amount every day. So you yes. kind of got to get in, you know, before they hit the limit. Yes, and also they recently opened up being able to do phone orders at your local, at select local fine wine and spirit stores. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a thing. It is a thing, and I just, I don't know. It's all the, buying it was was fun, but Mm -hmm. like buying anything on the internet, the whole fun is when it it comes to your door, and you look outside and you see the UPS man bringing you this big box. And then that's exciting in itself. But then you open it, and there's a shitload of booze in there, and it's even better. Yeah, because I've never done that before. I've never ordered alcohol to be shipped to my house. Me neither. I never conceived was, of such. I never conceived of such a. And I, uh, I probably, I probably never would have if it wasn't for the pandemic. So thanks, China. Thanks, China. Thank you for putting us into a pandemic that'll last like a year and a half. To yeah. Two, to two to five years, or I don't know. Well. It was nice we'll, my, we'll see. It was nice to my grandparents. I yeah, I met your grandma once. Yeah, and, and that's the last time. I didn't say a single word to her. That's okay. Yeah. she wouldn't have remembered you. She's like ninety-seven, so yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. She's in a nursing home and somehow supposedly has not gotten COVID, or they haven't gotten it in that nursing home. But mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, if they do, then you know, I, I knew her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really weird how primed we are for, like, a genocide of old old people right now because we kind of are letting that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it's, my, my grandma, who I, I forget exactly how old she is. She's, like, 87 or something. Yeah. But she doesn't – she still has a house that she lives in, but she and she doesn't really go out. And I talked to my mom the other day, and the thing my grandma has been doing is she's gotten really into Scrubs. Like the TV show Scrubs? The TV show Scrubs. She's just been watching Scrubs. Well, that's good. Like, my, my grandma's taste in things is so bizarre. She loves Scrubs and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. This, that's like, kind of, this, you know what? Like, that actually gives me a lot of hope. This, like, 87-year-old French-Canadian woman. Yeah, that gives me so much hope that, like, you could be... Okay, so she was in her 60s or whatever whenever uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers got big. Yeah. Or late 50s. And she's like, yeah, I can get down with this. Like, my grandma still likes Frank Sinatra, and that's pretty much where her music taste stopped. Like, people just give the fuck up on shit. So yeah, I mean, you and I are basically there. 
We have, I have another five to six years of being able to intake new music without, like, losing, without, like, being like, eh. Yeah. This sounds strange. I mean, some of the new music for me is a little weird, but, you know, what they say, I forget where I read this, but uh, basically your brain works in three stages, um, where from the ages of zero to 15 are where you're intaking the world around you, and everything from that time from zero to 15 is kind of like the foundation to life, and that everything that you compare your most primal memories from are going to be from the ages of 0 to 15. And then from 15 to 35 is when you kind of accept the world as it is, and like you're willing to like accept the change that comes with the world, you're willing to listen to new music as it comes out because it's exciting and new and of the moment. It doesn't feel like a thing of the past. Uh, but then once you reach 35, uh, everything kind of becomes, the world is getting further away from the foundation of it. So it's kind of hard to like get into new stuff and like new information just becomes stressful to you. Uh, I'm already kind of feeling that, and I think this does happen to most I, people. I wonder what the reason, why the cutoff is 35. Well, it's a weird thing. It changes for most people. It really depends on, like, how deep into... Oh, shit. You know what it is? Oh. It's like, as soon as you turn 35, it's like the little sleeper cell in your brain just kicks in, and your presidential campaign urges kick in. <laughs> like, at that point, music no longer matters. You need to be the president. I think for some people maybe, but I think part of it is like what you the like the new kind of stuff that you get exposed to normally when you're 35 and older is like Baby Shark because oh, yeah wow. that's a that's a throwback yeah, yeah yeah because like you have you have kids and you get into it you start watching whatever your kids watch like I think that's probably the joy of having children is you get to, like, enjoy children's shows with your kids again. Yeah. Like, you get to get them into good kids' shows. You get to show them Star Wars for the first time. Oh. Like, imagine... Like, at this point, this is such a foreign concept to most people. Which, like, imagine the first time you saw Star Wars. I can't remember. Like, imagine being of the time where you didn't have the context of Star Wars. Yeah. And then you start watching Star Wars. And, like, you have to take in all this new information. Yeah. And... But now... But, like... Star Wars is so deeply ingrained in the culture that everything is... It's, yeah. I mean, it's been around since 1977, so we're coming up on, like... I guess by 2027, it'll be 50 years since the original movie. Mm-hmm. And we've been... And, like, they still are making movies 40 years later. TV shows based off this property 40 years later. And they've lost basically everything that made them interesting. I guess. Yeah, I mean, the Mandalorian well, kind of sucks, but like, it's, well, it's it, mediocre. It, I'll just say it's aggressively I, mediocre. Right, right. But I, I've seen a lot of takes lately, and I agree with these, that, like, kind of defending the prequels is, like, these were actually, in terms of, like, world-building and memorable characters, these were actually interesting. Whereas the new ones had just kind of came and went. Okay, so I have a theory. I, I This is my theory for the prequels. I feel like the prequels... Are the way that they are not... I mean, we can say, like, in the real world, outside of, like, being in the game, outside of parody, that, like, yeah, George Lucas just doesn't understand how people interact. He's too fucking rich, and he's just, like, an emotionally stunted man-child who uh, probably flies to Thailand for tourist reasons. Uh, Parody, parody. Anyway, um... You said tourist reasons, you know? That could, <laughs> that could be anything. He, yeah. Maybe he yeah. wants to do that thing where you Ooh, blow... I, I certainly don't know what I just meant by what I said. He wants no to way. blow a cow up with a rocket launcher. Everyone knows yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. That's what you go to Thailand for. Anyway, um, that's 
really what happened with those movies. But if you want to like make them more palatable in your head, here's here's what to take it as. Imagine the Star Wars prequels as the written history of what happened to Anakin Skywalker, but as a play performed by people in that universe from years later. So, like, okay. after after everything happens with Luke Skywalker, after everything is revealed about Dark Vader, uh, Darth, Darth Vader. Dr. Vader. <laughs> Dark yeah. Vader. Yeah. Dark Father. Dark uh, Father. I like that. Well, that's what it, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's, like, oh. German, right? So, um, dark, yeah. so, Darth Vader. Everything that happens with Darth Vader. Um, okay. That happens, we're in the time between the regular movies and the sequel movies owned by Disney. The history of Anakin Skywalker is known history, and that these are just plays. These are, these are written stage plays by a very mediocre writer from that time period. So all of the dialogue that's like, I'm lost and upset and angry, it's because the writer who wrote those plays and the people performing it know the grand strokes of Anakin Skywalker's story. That, but yeah. they don't know the specifics. Like they, they don't know Maybe he did actually, like maybe he did like sand. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. They just like they just had to make shit up because the because the the written history of everything before the Imperial before the the, the, the Galactic Empire maybe got crushed by the Galactic Empire. Mm-hmm. So getting records of that shit may be hard, so these writers have to come up with stuff. And they just have to work in really broad strokes because this is already a pretty artless, humorless universe anyway. So it is a play that was filmed as a movie that was written by people within the universe. Whoa. Damn, dude. And if you think of it like that, it makes it a lot better. Damn. Because, because then all of the awkward stiltedness, the stage direction, mm-hmm. it's just a really untalented like Gungan or whatever the fuck trying to like write it. Mm-hmm. And also, you could just say it was a Gungan who wrote this shit because that's why Jar Jar was so pop was so big in the first one. You know, Jar Jar has a big role in the history of the Galactic Empire forming, but maybe the Gungans were like, "Ooh, Misa want to put him in the beginning," but then like the Gungan author died of like cancer, so then uh, some fucking other species wrote the rest of it. I'm sorry. It w- it would be so rad if just like in the third movie they just reveal like I forget the exact reveal of Padme's death, but it's like he tells newly formed Darth Vader that she died yeah. in childbirth or something, but instead he puts his hand on his shoulder and he's like, "She had cancer the whole time." I mean, th- this actually theory can work with this if you yeah. take if you take the idea that this is written after Darth Vader dies and yeah. the history of the pre uh, of like the republic is kind of lost or like kind of hard to find well there is no record of why padme died as, maybe she maybe she had a terminal illness hold on as far as i can tell in all nine movies i don't recall the single mention of a disease at all i think they have no conception of that yeah maybe they don't uh... do you i don't remember any i don't think there, there is diseases in yoda just kind of dies cuz he's old yeah, all of the Jedi's... Everybody seem, else, everybody else Jedi's, that dies get killed. Well, the the Jedi's phase into nothingness. Yeah. But, for the most part. And normal people kind of only die because their planets explode. Or if they get hit with a laser. Exactly. Yeah. 
Or or burn in the first movie. Which you, which you would assume solderizes any wound you had if you're getting shot with a laser, but I, I don't know. Well, the lightsabers do. That is actually canon. Yeah, the, yeah. the lightsabers solderize, so like you could chop off, but you would still have such trauma. That's why there's no blood. Yeah. Even except, though, except for ex- episode, yeah. In, yeah. yeah. Episode 4. In 4. Which I would argue is probably the best one. It's, it's the only one you can watch and be like, well, that's the end of that. A lot of people say um, that it is... Empire's great, too. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of people say Rogue One. Rogue One can eat my ass. Oh. It's like, I, I don't know. I just don't care. It, it, I like the expanded universe stuff in terms of the video games. I like that. But if you're just, like, reading the Star Wars novels on the train, like, in whatever stupid city you live in, I don't know. Like, what is wrong with you? That's That doesn't count as reading, in my eyes. Reading Star Wars novels? Yeah, or just, like, novelizations of movies that weren't originally books. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some, just, people, some people like to read. Some people hate film. I don't know. That's true, I guess. Yeah, some, like, very miserable fucking, like, Upper West Side old motherfucker. Like, uh, reading, like, Woody Allen read Star Wars but didn't watch it. <laughs> That's just depressing, though. <laughs> God damn. I didn't want to see the visuals. It would, it would interfere with my ability to... To molest. To molest. You know, yeah. you know what I do hate though. What is when you know uh, they turn a book into a movie, and then they re-release the book with photos from the movie, mm-hmm. or like they put the actor on the cover. Damn, I hate when they do cash grabs. That's kind of yeah. I it do. is a cash grab. Yeah, it sucks. I I kind of like that seems to have gone away, but in like the two thousands, that was running wild. Yeah. That shit Because I guess no, nobody writes books anymore to turn into movies, so that's kind of gone away. I guess so. Yeah. I uh, thought about writing a book and then just didn't. I might one day write a book, but probably not. I'll probably die before I get to write a book. Well, what? It, how about you write a book, don't release it, then you die, and then I take credit for it? Uh, I mean, I'll be dead. I don't give a shit. But like, if you get exposed, people, like my family will sue. Uh okay. How about I? Never mind. I don't know. This sounds this sounds like a it lot. It sounds of work. complicated. Yeah, this sounds like a it's lot of work. It's too much to do. I'm getting I'm, get, I'm getting uh, tired thinking about it. Me too. I watched a river runs through today. That's one of the most boring fucking movies I've ever seen in my life. So I think the most boring movie I've actually seen. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of boring ass movies in the world. There's a lot of movies where it's just like a guy is like, Devin. You can't do that. Well, just look at me here, pal. I'm going to go ahead and I'll do it. Yeah. That's that's the movie. What, that's like what the, movie that's like is the, that? That's what I presume a river runs through it is exactly like. No, what a river runs through is like uh, Craig Sheffin's character, who I didn't even know who that was until today. I still don't, and I won't. It's like, Paul, my brother was very irresponsible mm-hmm. in town, and he loved to gamble, but I loved him. <laughs> and then Paul, played by Brad Pitt, will be gambling, and he's like, I'm a journalist, and I don't care who knows it. And then he'll get the shit beat out of him in a bar, and then the two of them go fly fishing, and are like, we're different, but we love Montana. And then, uh, spoilers, but uh, Paul gets the shit kicked out of him with a gun barrel and dies in an alleyway. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I forget Craig's character's name, but he's the main guy. Yeah, he's he, it's like years later, and he's standing in a river, and he's fly fishing, and he's like, "Man, this whole crazy life, fly fishing, is the only damn religion I ever needed." And then that's the end of the movie. 
It's just a movie about how cool. That fly- was a novel. It had that no, no, no. Like it was a novel. It was a biography. Like this actually happens to a guy. Man, and, I had a brother who was a little bit deviant, and uh, he died for it. And yeah. I was with my fly fishing. Yeah, no, it's just a movie about how fly fishing is this. It, like in a way, you know the book Siddhartha. I know of it. I don't know anything. It's about it's it. kind of like the American version of that in the sense that it's just like. Man, the river is all you need to be spiritually grounded and to find peace in your life. Except Siddhartha's fun, and Siddhartha has, like, a cool life in India. And this movie's just a guy who's close with his brother. And it's so boring. Man, my name my name is Siddhartha Guantanamo Bay, and I'm yeah. here to be gay. That's a good book. If, if I'm going to read something, I should reread that. I'm not going to read anything anytime soon. Mm-hmm. What's the last book you read? Uh, I don't want to admit that on on the program. Okay, um, I'll make one up then for you. The last book Kyle read was uh, the Yiddish Policeman's Union. Oh, I I loved it so much. I especially loved when the police all said to me when when the, the part of the of the Yiddish Policeman's uh, Union Union by Michael Chibong. Yeah, they got into the union together, and then they like. The one, the one Yiddish guy, and then the one Ashkenazi guy hugged each other and said, "All lives matter." That was yeah. incredible. Well, story. I mean, that I didn't read the book, but that considering the whole premise is that they just make Israel and Alaska, that probably happens. This sounds like some kind of like race science shit. Now they make Israel and Alaska. The whole, the whole premise of the book, I think, I could be wrong, but is that instead of the new Jewish state being established in Israel, it's established in Alaska. I'm pretty sure. Did that's a what Jewish guy is. write this? Michael Chabon, I'm pretty sure, is Jewish, but let me double check. You keep talking. The I... whole point of like Israel is that it's supposed to be where Jerusalem is. I know. That's like the whole point. Like you can't move it. Like you can't have an Israel without there being Jerusalem. I mean, that's the entire point is that it historically was supposedly Israel. I you know, I, Palestine, I, right? I know. I'm just saying I'd want to read the book before you know judging and I might be wrong this just sounds like this just sounds like something that like a Catholic made up about Jews <laughs> people oh, oh shit. not even a Catholic a Christian dude look at him he looks awesome oh I think I've seen this dude before okay no, he's a very well-known author is he Jewish I don't know let's or see. is he Christian I, hold on let me see that sounds like such a fucking Christian idea Michael Chivon or whoever like, this sounds very Methodist is he yes he is Jewish what the fuck? This is like this is like dumb Christian bullshit. Like, yeah, what if we just made Israel Alaska and just gave those Muslims the fucking uh, the desert? Yeah, or whatever. He is Jewish and from Pittsburgh. Mm. So there you go. Handsome fella. Handsome fella. Ah, oh, wouldn't mind having a little bit of that in me. I read a couple of his books, but not that one. He's all right. You know, uh, you know, I miss I miss Twinks. You miss Twinks? They're still around. Maybe they are. I don't know if they got got by the pandemic or what. That is true. It's it's been a while since I've seen like a, a Twink in the wild. I've not seen a Twink in a few months. It's been quite a few months since I've seen any Twinks. Yeah. I don't. Maybe they aged. Maybe they grew up into oh, like fuck. just bitter older gay men. Yeah. When when are you no longer a Twink and are just like past thirty? You're supposedly not supposed to be a Twink. But then what are you if you're not a Twink? Are you just you're, you're just, a, just you're, a guy. You're gay dead. You don't like past thirty, like thirty and up. You're gay dead. You can, no, you can still be like a bear after thirty. Yeah, but you're still gay dead. Okay, I, I don't know. I, I feel like that concept is changing. 
you know? I feel like we should not change these concepts and that we should stick to the rigid guidelines of homosexuality. Yeah, we should embrace the Catholic tradition of homosexuality. Yeah, repress it deeply and uh, take your rights not in marriage but yeah. in serving God. Yeah. That's what that's what a real Catholic would do. It would be so Janice. it would be so easy to make like gay Logan's run. The concept's already there. Like once you reach thirty, you're, you're fucking dead. Yeah, you, yeah, you're cast out into society. No, you do car. No, you still do carousel. Yeah, yeah, carousel. You do carousel, but the carousel. Oh, oh no, like, okay. So the carousel in this case, in the gay version of Logan's run. Is like you get on an actual carousel, but then the horse, uh, it, like it releases uh, from its unicorn head or whatever a needle that then goes in your arm and gives you AIDS. <laughs> wow, that'd be a a better movie. Can the carousel <laughs> still be like going up in the sky? Sure. Okay, because I mean that's the fun part. Sure. Oh. Let's let's say that renew renew Re get the gift oh, get the get gift. the gift. Yeah. <laughs> I refuse to be able to get to the 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 carousel. Or I forgot if I think well Michael York still had an English accent in that movie. Yes, right? he did. He did. Yeah, because he can't do American. He, he, he I don't think he's ever even tried. No, there's no reason to. His voice is just beautiful. He's got the most beautiful. Voice. Oh yeah, he's so he's just handsome. And yeah. like and I feel like he's he has a handsome soul as well. Oh shit! We should watch Cabaret. We've never seen it. Is he in Cabaret? He's the male lead of Cabaret. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I've seen, like, clips from it, and Cabaret is a little too gay even for me. I want to watch it. Let's watch Cabaret. I feel like this is a bad idea. No, it's It'll be like when we tried to watch Les Mis, and 15 minutes in, you're like, nope, this actually is horrible. No, Les Mis is a terrible movie, but I knew that. I hear Carousel. Uh, car carousel, yeah. Carousel. Logan's Run. Cabaret. Yes. Cabaret is a good movie according to the people who I like get, it. I guess. I don't I don't know. It won eight Oscars. I don't even want to watch Chicago. I just don't care. Chicago's dope. He it's had like it coming. I he know, had it coming. I know that song. That's all I need to know from Chicago. It works within the movie. Like, it works. It's a good I movie. Guess. We, oh. tr we tried to watch Dreamgirls, which I used to love. And it's like, it's actually not that good. No. It's really I, th not. I think the mid-2000s film, like, movies in the mid-2000s are actually not that good. Well, I, I had, like, a, a revelation watching it. It's yeah. just like, it's not really, as far as I know, it's not really based on, like, a specific girl group. It's just kind of a conglomeration of all of them, but... It's pretty much the Supremes, though. It, well, the Supremes are literally the only one that kind of stuck around. Mm -hmm. There were thousands of just completely disposable groups like this that Barry Gordy just would, like, take in, they have a hit, boom, you're done, fuck you, your life is over. And so this just, like, amazing redemption story over the course of, like, a decade for these three girls who, by the way, are aided exclusively by Eddie Murphy and the other guy who writes all the songs, whose name I don't remember. Mm -hmm. It just seems really, really weird and kind of ignoring the actual history of that era. Yeah. So that's my take on Dream Girls. Dream, Dream Girl. The music is good. That does hold up. But anyway. Damn. Yep. Uh, I've been I've been letterboxing hard today. I have not. I've been working. Yeah. You're still working, technically. Shut up. No. Shut up. Shut up, Julian. Julian. Yeah. I'm so glad I get to do bubbles again on the podcast, which I'm very good at doing. 
We'll let you believe that. I'm so good. Actually, no, that's not even the best bubbles that I could do. That that kind of veer. I don't know what that veered into, but it wasn't wasn't the best. Veered into simple jack territory. Shut up. <laughs> uh, oh my god, I'm actually glad you brought that up. Why? Because like, okay. do, you, do you have you noticed how like the, a few days ago, just like like z- Zoomers were like discovering Tropic Thunder for the first time. Were they upset by it? What yeah. was the Zoomer reaction to the Tropic Thunder? They were like, are you telling me Robert Downey Jr. did blackface in a movie and everyone is just okay with it? Yes. Yes. That was the whole point. And just, yeah, no, that was the common reaction. It's like, yes, if you watch the movie, it's awesome. It's like one of the last actually funny movies to come out. It was, extra- I mean, it was also like at the very end of the Bush year, so it was like the last movie they got to like actually try. Yeah. Uh, to like do what it did, you know, it's not even it's not even the best version of this anyway. Let's go to the let's go to the OG. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we will conclude this part of the entertainment with a brand new song sung here in Chicago for the first time on any stage by myself and company. Here we go, Al Jolson with the Ethiopian Serenaders. You can't tell me to sing this song. The camp town race back five miles long. I come down there with my hat caved in. Could you describe for the listeners what Al Jolson looks like right now? I mean, I, I, I assume everyone is familiar with Al Jolson, but I mean, he's a... If you, like, Photoshop... If you, tell you what, if you're familiar with, like, Photoshop, if you took a picture of Tracy Morgan and turned the contrast all the way up... <laughs> Like, you know, lips. All this part. Just just the white guy in the middle of this clip smiling. Just smiling like a goon. Just like... <laughs> Alright, that's, like, so right, that's, that's enough of that. Yeah, this is also Kyle's favorite song, is Camp Town Races. Totally. It's a delightful little piece of American economy. We used to just tap dance, and that was, like, enough to, like, make a movie out of it. Yeah, movies before the 40s were basically just tap dancing. I'm just, I'm just priming everyone for what we're coming out of this pandemic with. We're just going to have musicals. I think Gone with the Wind was probably, like, the first actual movie. No, I mean, there's, like, movies from... Actually, I don't know how many 30s movies were genuinely as good. Probably, basically none. I mean... Stop. Turn this off. I'll just have it go a little bit further to the background. Oh, my God. Are you just? Uh, are you just gonna get really into the music of like Scott Joplin? Not saying that I will, but I'm, all I'm saying is that uh, we should appreciate what came before us. Uh, I mean, I think there's a reason no one's really playing ragtime anymore. Also, Zoomers, hear that? Uh, hear all that fucking clapping at the very end there? They were very happy with uh, that level of blackface. Rob Downey Jr. has nothing on Al Jolston. Jolson. Jolson, yeah. whatever. First of all, first of all, triple parentheses, Al Jolson. Second of oh, all, oh yeah, I always forget he was Jew. Yes. So you damn know. it, that makes it all right. Fuck. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so if you want to like, if you want to cancel Robert Downey Jr. for uh, doing blackface for a comedy, yeah. you're gonna have to cancel your dead grandparents favorite musician, Al Jolson. Yeah. Or actually, great-grandparents in your case. Well, it, it also could have been one of those things where I only, like, saw the, the reactions to the reaction, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't yeah. even, I don't know 
it's so hard to tell what people are actually mad about these days, who is mad at who, if any of it is real, what the hell's going on. I think we're all mad at being mostly inside and not being able to go have sex with strangers. It sucks, shit. It does it's suck. It's so bad. It, it is sucks. really bad. But, like, I, I don't... I, if anything, I think it should make us, like... Let's go online to chill and hang out with our friends and listen to Camptown races. Yeah, no, actually, we're gonna just cancel people. We're right. gonna we're gonna cancel Timothy Chalamet for some reason. What like, did he do? I don't know. Just the K-pop stands are at it every week now. With uh, someone is over party. Like Timothy Chalamet was over. They just manufacture. They just K-pop, hate everybody. K-pop stands like basically stovepipe these things. Like they're manufacturing consent for like. Which white male celebrity that like regular white girls like want to fuck mm-hmm. and be like, oh, they're canceled or they're over, yeah, because they did because like because like he said the he said like faggot in a I think in Timothy Chalamet's case in a movie role he said faggot or something uh, who gives a shit yeah he said it in context but like I I saw a Call Me by Your Name that is a boy who can say faggot anytime he wants. Yeah, he had a nice body. Okay, so, okay. Um, wow, well, shit. I, I lost you okay? my train of thought. I lost my train of thought of where I wanted to go from there. You know what would be funny? What? If, like, early Korean immigrants in the 1950s would throw, like, Troy Donahue is over parties. Montgomery Cliff is over! It's over! I don't know, that was pretty, that was pretty fucked up my part. No, it's not. That's, you know, that's kind of the, the that's the bit right there. They're just in their, like, <laughs> shitty apartment in, like, San Francisco. There are, there's, like, ten of them in one room, just, like, Frank Sinatra? All that. Yeah. All that. I mean, no, did anyone ever think Frank Sinatra was, like, hot, though? It wasn't about him being hot, but it was about him being, like, the most popular singer of that era, I guess. And maybe people thought he was hot. Bing Crosby is over. Bing Crosby over? Over. Uh, That's more uh, Japanese, but still. Oh, Yeah. I mean, maybe there's, like, Japanese K-pop stands or whatever. Well, they have... Uh, I mean, J-pop is a thing. They kind of have their own scene, but it's it's more chill. It's less insane. From what we can tell. I think just... I, I think the K-pop stands are mostly, like, American, like, white girls who are, like, 25 pounds yeah. overweight. Oh, my God, uh, yes. Usually, like, pasty. And, like, uh, they, they love pop music, but America is too mainstream for them. Hmm. And they have to go to a place that's basically just America, except you get drafted. Mm. Maybe we should bring the draft back. Maybe that would solve everything. Yeah, I think what would solve everything is if we all kissed each other on the lips. That You know what? That's a beautiful thought, honestly. Yeah, we should all just, like, fuck it. Find your grandparents, kiss them on kiss the them lips. Kiss them on the lips. Yeah, whatever Bethany, what's her name, Bethany Mandel, that dumb bitch said, like, yeah. fuck it. Whatever. Whatever, we're all dead. I mean, if we're not dead from this, like, I don't know. Like, this isn't going away. We're all going to have to get out of our houses and get sick eventually. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way to stop it anymore, so why are we trying? Yeah, I mean, I've, I mostly just feel bad for, like, I don't know, like, EMTs and all those guys. Yeah, I, feel, I mean, I feel bad for old people. I feel bad for disabled people or people who are, like, genuinely at risk of dying from this because like they have weakened immune systems but you know i feel like the best thing would be is if all the healthy people got sick and didn't die and then like we kept all of the like you know at-risk people separate for a while Mm -hmm. until we all got sick 
and then let the disease die out and or like reach herd immunity so that the vulnerable people can come out again. Alright, alright. I like where you're going with this. I mean, it's not like an we, actual... I mean, that's basically what uh, uh, like we s- we, we, we set up areas that some might refer to as camps. No! Okay. No, no, no! Okay. Fuck off! Okay. Go to hell! Alright. Shut up! Okay. Uh, Fuck you! Uh, yeah, alright. That's too much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't. Well, like, if you have like you know a family member or something that's vulnerable, and you're and you're living with them, then you're you kind gotta, of fucked too. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So you, you kind of have to stay inside. You kind of have to avoid. I mean, all the hotels are closed. Why couldn't we just shove them all in hotels, free of charge? You know. <laughs> that's actually that's not even a bad idea. That could work. Mm-hmm. Like you have all this available real estate. Boom! I just solved it. I hit the table. That's gonna pick up. Oh well. Yeah, that's fine. It is fine, and I agree. What are they making on this show? Mm. Two easy pasta recipes and the science behind Parmesan cheese signature flavor. The science is that it is made from, um, I don't know, milk, I guess. Mm-hmm. It is cheese. Could you make cheese from, I don't know, other liquids? Probably not. Okay, I want you to read this tweet real quick. I want you to tell me what this reminds you of. One of my COVID patients, a young woman, miraculously survived weeks on a ventilator, ECMO, and a catastrophic bleed. After days of delirium, her mind cleared and she could speak for the first time in a month. I want to tell everyone, she said to me, stay the fuck at home. What is it? What do you mean? What does that remind you of? Uh, in terms of what? What do you mean? Like other types of tweets. Like does that does that have? Oh yeah, no, that did not happen. Yeah, That's doesn't that doesn't fair. it have like a strong like my five year old uh, built a tower and then I took away half of it and told him that was socialism and then he said we need Trump forever. I was in a hipster coffee shop when I yeah. overheard yeah like shit like that. Yeah, today today in that happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, I thought that tweet was gonna go in a different direction where she no. she wakes up from the ventilator and suddenly like she had gone to the other side and she saw hell <laughs> you no. know like like that that Sopranos episode with Chris that would that would rock I I'm kind of pissed off I've never had like a dream or vision of the afterlife I have no conception of what it's like I only know other people's visions and scripture and all that shit but I have no fucking idea. And, you know, it might be wrong, but I'd at least like to have some idea. Of what? Of the afterlife, you know? I, I'd at least, I, if you ask me what I think the afterlife is like, I don't know. Oh, I don't think there is one. I know that you don't, but I kind of do. It's just if you ask me what it's like, I'm like, shit, I don't know, man. Uh, should I, should I just say what I think? Or? Yeah, go for it. Oh, yeah, so you know how, like, there was no knowledge of, like, existence before you were born? It's like that? Yeah, basically, like, when you die, it's that same sort of emptiness and yeah. nothingness that was your existence before you existed. I think that's just, I think that's death. That's different than an afterlife. Yeah, but I think that's what it is. I think, like, we just end, and then there's nothing more. And that what we had now is all there is. Damn. I don't know. I, I think I, I tend to believe in reincarnation. I think there's something there. You know? The wheel of births and deaths and whatnot. And eventually the wheels spins. I know this isn't, you know, proper terminology, but the wheels are start spinning so fucking fast on the car that they just fly off. Yeah. And then boom, you're free. I mean, I, I remember being high once and like believing what I figured out what like uh what like maybe happens when you die. Mm-hmm. I think I told this to you when I when I got high once. I think I like feel like I cracked it because I remember this. And I think what it what it was is that. 
when 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 you pass away, like the your consciousness sort of like expands outward of your body and sort of becomes everything. Like you are like you do have energy. You have energy that uh, exists and is exerted, and maybe you, like that energy just spreads outward and becomes conscious of everything around it. But then it keeps expanding out past the earth, it, you know, past the ground, past the buildings, past the clouds, and in and even past the atmosphere, and it just keeps expanding outward until your uh, your energy just keeps going further away, but also kind of understanding and being part of everything that you touch. So, you know, before your energy leaves the world, you get to feel everything that ever was on this planet, and then you get to expand out and experience everything that occurs and is occurring and will occur beyond it and that maybe if there is an afterlife it's like this infinite it's this finite but seemingly infinite spread of consciousness past your own form and past your own body and you get to forgive yourself for all of the horrible things you've done you get to forgive everyone in your life who wronged you you get to appreciate everyone who was kind to you you get to feel love for those who miss you, and then you go beyond that because you expand outward so much that your life was nothing anymore. That you you came at peace with that. That you come at peace with poverty. You come at peace with uh, war, with suffering. It all just becomes the same sort of uh, energy that lacks context. And then you expand out into things that we can't even comprehend. We don't comprehend much beyond our planet, much beyond our lives. And if that's the afterlife, uh, that would be excellent. That would be that would be the fulfillment of everything that I would want in an afterlife. I don't like the Christian idea of an afterlife being, you know, smiling down on your loved ones and being rewarded for an eternity. I think the real reward would be a finite feeling eternity where you keep going and going and then everything eventually ends and that could be a very short period of time you know outside of when you die that could be an incredibly long period of time who knows well on that note can i can i read you a very relevant you didn't listen to what anything I just said. Yes, I did. What okay, the fuck what are you, you talking think, about? What do you think? What do you, what do you I think, think it's of that? beautiful. You didn't let me give. It, you didn't even give me a fucking chance. Okay. Jesus, I swear to God, this is relevant. Okay. 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 This is the ending speech from "A River Runs Through It." Of course, now oh, I'm God. too old to be much of a. I'm, it's relevant, and now I usually fish the big waters alone. Also, although some friends think I shouldn't. But when I'm alone in the half-light of the canyon, all existence seems to fade to a being with my soul and memories, and the sounds of the big Blackfoot River, and the four-count rhythm, and the hope that a fish will rise. Eventually, all things merge into one, and a river runs through it. Mm. See? We're back at the oneness. Yeah, I think, I think what I said was more cool than that. That was cool. Your speech was great. I wanted to put a quotation in. I think what you said was lovely. I'm going to hold this grudge for the rest of my life until I die and expand outward. Well, then tell you what, you know, whatever. I don't know. <clears throat> I listen. I listen to every word. You think you don't think I listen to you, but I do. 
I do. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, my stomach feels like shit. I'm sorry. It's okay. It'll get better. Mm. I think I just need to like take some. I need to take some tums, and I'll be fine. Um, I've been I, like I was paying attention, mm-hmm. but I was also trying to find uh, that that article from the other day that I wanted to read. Well, we could do that for another episode. The Dorner thing. Yeah, let's let's save that off for something. Let's save that off for a larger episode. I feel like we could okay. we could do that longer. All right. Um, yeah, no problem. You know, I'll just do. Um, you know, since, since a lot of other podcasts do reading series, um, we were thinking of adding reading series to the show, um, but we didn't really prepare anything for this one, so I'm just going to take out a random reading series uh, for this one. Do a lot of podcasts do reading series? A few of them do, you know, yeah. like we'll just, you know, obviously Chapo does, but let's just do let's just do a quick reading series uh, here. Um that I will quickly read through, and we can and we can react in real time. Okay. Dylan doesn't know what I'm going to say. I have no idea. And has no idea what this is about. And that's, nope. that's probably for the better. I think I'm, like this will be more fun. I'm if you don't very afraid. Okay, here we go. All right. I hope it's porn. Uh, courtesy of Total Film Magazine. Okay. Suicide Squad's director, heart, uh, Suicide Squad director's heart breaks for Jared Leto, saying lots of Joker footage went unseen. Okay. Who even directed that movie? Uh, we'll get to it. Um, okay, fine. Go for it. Jared Leto's version of the Joker in Suicide Squad may have not been to everyone's tastes, but director David Iyer has defended the tattoo-laden interpretation of the Clown Prince of Crime, saying that his heart breaks for the actor. Iyer, who's had a hand in developing the look for Leto's character, was drawn into a debate about the, uh, the character on Twitter. For sure, character creation is a tightrope, he said. I took inspiration from the current DC Comics. I find it incredible. It's still such a topic five years later. My heart breaks for Jared. He did magnificent work. I mean, to be fair, I didn't see the movie. But he looks like crap. I've never liked Jared Leto in anything. 30 Seconds to Mars can eat my ass. Uh, he's cl- Nobody likes him as a guy. He's clearly just an asshole. He's such a megalomaniacal piece of garbage, yeah. obviously. He, like, it's, he, it's, he, he like... Method acts in which which a is yeah, not that's, inha- that's what that's what I wanted to get into. With it's this. there's nothing inherently better about method acting. Listen, okay. acting is so fucking easy. You don't need to do any of this. Daniel Day Lewis can get away with it because he's clearly just like a weird guy. He's clearly a weird guy with anxiety and like that's why he does. And like he needs to do that. But okay, that's kind of what I wanted to get into. Is like method acting is such fucking bullshit. I think it, it can be done, but Jared Leto clearly has, like, made a conscious choice to do it because he thinks it's the only real acting. Okay, so uh, if anyone isn't aware of what method acting is, it's it's the idea that you have to stay in character when you're shooting a film. So you stay in character after the scenes are shot, and you put yourself wholly in character for the whole shoot, or as much as character as you can, and you do like a ton of research, and you have to draw from real emotions that you went through uh, in order to like get to those emotions. Yeah. Um, my problem with cat with method acting is that, in my opinion, it's something that is only uh, that that's only really given the benefit of the doubt to for male actors. 
That's you true. Know, I never thought about that. Yeah. Right. Wow. Basically, method acting is a way of praising men for going to a degree to like connect with their emotions that if a woman were to do would never get covered in the same sort of like Hollywood reporter diatribes that like when Daniel Day-Lewis or Jared Leto do it, just get written up and are, you know, it's a way for the studio to market a film is to say this male yeah. actor went so fucking dark for the role. It's like women don't get the benefit of the doubt for that. Well, do women try to do it? Maybe, yeah, they, maybe yeah. they're smart enough to know they just don't need to do there that. Are, there are some women character actors. Gener- uh, I mean, not character actors. Uh, yeah, method method actors. actors. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is one. Okay. Uh, Marilyn Monroe tried method acting for a while, actually, in the late 50s. Um, who's, so, you, who's Jennifer Jason Lee? Uh, is she, that just Jason Lee in a wig? No. <laughs> no, Gen- no, Jennifer Jason Lee is. Uh, she was in. Single white female, I think. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know. So I might know her if I saw her. Yeah, she's like know. a film at, like she she's done TV and film. But okay. Like, yeah, she's been in some shit that you've probably seen. But yeah, like it's it's basically a way to sell men acting, right? As like somehow superior to women in, in terms of like this is like the real acting, but like women can't do this because they're already in touch with their emotions. I guess is the sexist idea behind it. Something like that. Yeah, but like women don't get the benefit of the doubt for being good actors. They don't get praised for being actors to the same degree. The only woman who gets praised for her acting ability is Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. There's some others who like in smaller corners and I'm not, who like in smaller corners get praised like. Oh, excellent actress, like, yeah, on par. Like, uh, they'll, they'll get praised for, like, a, a single movie, but that's about or it. Or if you're, like, the actress Carrie Coon, you get praised for multiple TV shows that you've worked on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, yeah, you're a great actress, but, like, only the AV club is telling you that. It's not part of the of the conversation. Like, the, the like, yeah. like most people know, like, Daniel Day-Lewis is. Or, or, or the other option, I guess, is you're just been around so long that you've just become kind of universally beloved like what kind of happened to laura dern the past few years yeah she just became like a universally beloved actress that everyone Everyone was like like, oh laura dern i've seen you for my entire life i love you i love you queen oscar time and she is very good don't get me wrong i'm not trying to take away from laura dern you're doing i love laura you're doing stars in the i loved her getting cocked in blue velvet it was great Laura Dern gets kicked in the velvet, but also gets the wig at the end. And what the f- what 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 are you doing? Laura Dern. I just I find her name very fun to say. Dern is a funny last name. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. The rural juror. She's a rural Dern yeah, okay. builder. All right, that's 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 enough of that. Okay. Yeah. I got. I got you, owned. Yeah. I fucking owned. You did get owned. I fucking died. No. Uh, anyway, go back to what you were saying. Method act. Who like who who? The big method actors that everyone knows. Obviously, Daniel Day Lewis. I guess now Jared Leto. Who yeah. else? Who else really does it? It's really those two guys that I can think of that have been like the most in conversation as method actors. I guess Joaquin Phoenix a little bit. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Like Joaquin fair. Phoenix got it when he was doing that. Like when he was. I'm going, still here. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, um, um, uh, Crispin Glover. Yeah, but like he, like he went so far into it, like he he went. He kicked David Letterman you know, in the not, face. Not to make a total, not to make a total uh, uh, callback, but he went full R word for it. Yeah, but for Ruben and Ed, and he he basically he kicked David Letterman in the face almost. Yeah, it was awesome. 
I love yeah, David dude, Letterman I love, still hates. I love Crispin Glover. Yeah, David Letterman still hates him to this day because David because those people hold the fucking grudge. Oh, big time. Those those Hollywood those Hollywood sickos hold those the Hollywood grudge. I guess some people do it in sort of like in a way where they like gain or lose yeah. a lot of weight, like Christian Bale or even to a yes. le- to a lesser extent De Niro. Yeah, De Niro doesn't really so much method act because he kind of is himself in most everything he does. But yeah, he certainly does the body transformations. Right. And that's the other thing. Like, when men go through large body transformations where they starve themselves or gain a lot of weight, that scene is good acting. Yeah. Whereas, like, it takes Charlize Theron to, like, not wear makeup and then, Oscar! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that, actually, she had to be put in makeup. She did gain weight and put on makeup for that. I like to imagine that Vincent D'Onofrio just does that by complete accident. Yeah, I think Vincent D'Onofrio just has, like, the, like, he probably just has an actual eating disorder. <laughs> And that's why so like in, in, one, in, in one movie he'll just be like fat as shit, and then in the yeah. next movie it's like, oh my god, dude, you gotta you gotta go to sleep. Yeah, he legit. Yeah. I think he just probably has an actual eating disorder and just like somehow incorporated that into his ability mm-hmm. uh, to get roles in things. Yeah. So good on him. Good on good on D'Onofrio. The first the first ten point. minutes of Men in Black is just him. Just that's just a documentary about him. <laughs> oh. I can very heavily relate to that character. I hate you, woman. Yeah. Success, successful actor Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. That's an exact quote. Anyway. Vincent D'Onofrio, I'm going to fucking find you. I'm going to fucking kill you. I hate you, you fucking bitch. You fucking bitch. You fucking bitch. Fucking die. Yeah. Uh, that's how he talks to his daughter. Isn't his, it, wait, isn't, isn't his wife in Men in Black played by the, the mom from Malcolm in the Middle? Maybe. Probably. I think, I think it was. Yeah, probably. She at least looked like her. Could have been. Yeah. Uh, whatever whatever her name was. Jane Krakowski or something? No, that's that's Jenna from 30 Rock. Oh, it was something very similar and something very Polish as well. Yeah. Jane Cags Merrick. Yes. Yeah, yes. Collaboration. We did it. Yeah. We, we got should. it. Yeah. Hell yes. I feel like we do that a lot. Yeah, we finish. We come together because opposites attract. I don't think we're opposites. I know. Yeah. I mean, maybe in some ways. In some ways we are. What ways are we opposites? Who cares? Anyway, uh, they're doing a salsa tasting on this version of America's Test Kitchen that's called Cook's Country. So, okay, this is why this is a Chad program. They have two TV shows. They not only have America's Test Kitchen, but they have a more rustic version called Cook's Country, which is based on, like, Cook's Monthly magazine it's or whatever. literally the only difference is that they just go to some house in they Vermont. They go to Vermont. Yeah. To a, to a house in Vermont. They go, to, they go to a bordering state. But, for some reason on this show, when they do the taste test, they do the taste test with a live studio audience. That's cool. Yeah, I don't know why they do that, but it is a very Chad move. Because it, like, it's rustic to have a studio audience. Yeah, but then you have these people who just, I presume, live in Vermont who are watching uh, Julia and uh, Jack uh, try out salsas or whatever food it is, and then they all clap at the end. I would clap. Yeah. You gotta clap. I mean, yeah, you gotta clap watching this amazing uh, television program where yeah. they're, uh, you know, tasting food, so, cooking food. Yeah, currently they're tasting four salsas. Last place is Chi-Chi's, which is a restaurant chain that doesn't exist anymore. We don't know if that's last place or not. They did it first, so I assume they're doing it in No, order. they do Usually the first one is the one that wins. Well, all I, Chi-Chi's is yeah. one of... I've never been to a Chi-Chi's, but it's one of the great American failure stories. And then they clap at the end. Newman's Own is pretty good. They have good products all around the board. Because Paul Newman was a great man, one of the best American actors. I presume. 
The, was he a good actor? Or he, he was yes. Fine. No, he was a really fucking good actor. But again, like, and it, it's so easy to do. The only people who are bad at acting are people who, like, get their own heads and, like, fucking stiffen up and don't know how to talk with people. I completely agree. It's just a lot of people... For a lot of people, it's incredibly difficult. And yet, for whatever reason, they still want to do it. Yeah. And like Ben Affleck. I don't get it. I, I think he just... I think he just fell into it. I, I think he was doing... Yeah. I think he was doing construction work, and people were like, hey, you want to be an actor? He's like, okay. Okay. I feel like Ben Affleck's life is just like a series of like happy accidents where he didn't even try to be famous, but he just ended up famous. Yeah, but he's he, like, he's clearly just not a happy guy. No, he's miserable. He's the, he's I, I saw a post that like he's, the, he's the, the, the model child of like white male misery. I'm like, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, but he also just he just wanted to like work at the site, but then someone was like, uh, "Hey, that's a handsome man over there. How you'd look good on a poster." And then uh, and then his career changed, and now he has to be famous. He had a really hot wife, and then yeah. like people got too invested in it, and then like they couldn't be together. And then he had another wife, and then he made a movie, and people were like, "You deserve an Oscar." He's like, "Why? I'm not that's, that good at." Yeah, this. that's kind of the great irony is that like you know that he still wishes that he was just his character in Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, that's probably who he is as a man. One hundred percent. Yeah, he's just like, I just want to work at the construction site in South Boston. I want yeah. to build. I want to build. I want to put the gentrification numbers on a building. Yeah. And then, like, he'd be like, well, I got my kids. At least they can rent it out now. I can yep. help pay for my kids to go to art school. But, no, he ended up just being the artist. And for some reason, people were like, you're brilliant. And he's, like, and he's still just only ever photographed just, like, sadly smoking a cigarette at a Dunkin' Donuts. And that's still just his life. Yeah. And then, like, somehow his brother got dragged in and he's like, I got sad, too. And then they're like, Oscar. Oscar. Oscar, I killed all my children. <laughs> I think we should. I think we should do a comedy version of Manchester by the Sea. I think we should watch we, it first. We should watch it first and then figure out a comedy version of it where, where we just you killed your fucking children. <laughs> I killed all my kids with the cigarette because <laughs> I've done a cigarette and they died. Yeah. And then like just everyone's crying constantly. Like we get Lucas Hedges to reprise his role as gay teenager mm-hmm. or whatever he's doing and. So like you killed your kids, and then he's like, "I did." <laughs> I just imagine everyone's crying. I know I did. I know I killed my kids. Uh, I didn't want to, but I did. All right, just uh, just I think we're we're getting uh, we're getting. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say? Uh, me? Yeah. Anything else you want to bring up on this one? Um, I think that Bojangles chicken looks very good. And if you live by a Bojangles, you should appreciate what you have. Until, well, it is a chain, so we'll still probably be here after Don't the know what you got till it's gone. You pay paradise and needed some Bojangles. Joni Mitchell, proud sponsor of Smoking Cigarettes. So. Loves to smoke cigarettes. And uh, I'm just going to end this one saying shout out to Shay Wiggum. However you say his name, uh, Shay Wingham, the character actor that oh, plays rough, that plays rough guys. I thought you were talking you were about. Real... Che- I thought you were talking about Chief Wingham from the Simpsons. No, Shay. Wi- no, Shay Wingham. Oh, Shay Wingham. Uh, you say, however you say your name, uh, if you ever like feel like chilling in Philadelphia, let us know. You seem like a good guy. 
and uh, we'll take you out to Del Sandro's. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's on us, buddy. You make more money than us, but, like, it's on us. All Love right. you. Age is a number. Bye.